Justice Tech Pros here. I hope um, the listeners are doing all right, as well as possible anyway, in light of current situation. I know statistic-wise, they're saying things are getting better. Uh, the mortality rate is dropping, and the people uh, recovering is rising, which all positive things, don't get me wrong, but unfortunately, people still are dying, which is too many, you know. And uh, a lot of people still on quarantine, a lot of people still on self-isolation, uh, self-quarantine, a lot of people are stay at home. And, uh, you know, it's, it's rough. I mean, people can't go to work. There's a lot going on. And I don't want to dwell on that today, but we all know what's going on, and it's not great. It's a lot to get through. It's a lot to process. So just uh, hopefully, as always, as I've been saying, this could serve as a little bit of distraction from that and just have people thinking about something else for a change. So with that said, I wanted to kind of jump into today. It's um, I hope it doesn't cr- come across political because I don't want politics really on this show because uh, just not what this is about. But it really has nothing to do with politics. What this has to do with is just chain of events and how things are done. And the reason why I want to cite certain things is because if if these kind of actions and these kind of chain of events could take place on such a high level, it should really open up the mind of the public on what, you know, how sometimes rules just don't apply. And the whole target thing that I always talk about really is a legitimate a legitimate ideal, and it's not just something that I'm just uh, claiming or making up. It's something that does exist, and it's how things take place. And what sparked uh, today's episode is I was, I I didn't hear the interview, but I was reading, and and I am going to listen to the interview because now I'm curious. But apparently Roger Stone gave an interview today with a Sarah Carter on her show. And uh, to summarize... He basically told the the reporter that the prosecutor tried pressuring him on the uh, contents of the 29 conversations. And he told the reporter today that he refused to lie. And by refusing to to lie, that is why they brought erroneous charges against him. So, you know, Roger Stone didn't want to lie about what these conversations were. You know, again, this is according to him, but it's just the whole concept. I, I, I want to stay away from the the politics angle of it all. Just think about the concept of it if you, if you can. And I know it's hard sometimes for people. They're very strong in their beliefs as far as politics go. I, I'm really not. I'm pretty I'm pretty clear cut. I, I go by what's right. If something's right, it's right. If it's not, it's not. I really don't care if the Democrats, Republicans. I just go by common sense, what makes sense, what's best for the American people, what's not. If somebody's trying to fool the American people and if they're not, that, that's what I go by. And I like certain people for being honest, and I dislike certain people for not being for being dishonest. And uh, I'm very capable of respecting somebody, even if I don't like them. So I just want to go by the overall concept here and and what took place, and it's very disturbing. I mean, he goes on to say, obviously, how his life was turned upside down. But what was really disturbing was he said on J- July 24th. The Mueller prosecutors offered my lawyers a deal, said Stone. If Stone will fess up, if he will recharacterize 30 phone conversations between myself and candidate Trump, which they had phone records of, but no tapes of, 
if I would correctly remember the way they wanted me to, they would recommend no jail time for me. And I refused. That's what this whole atrocity has been about. So I quoted that. Now think about that. That's a huge problem. And the American people needs to see that regardless of beliefs. If that's true, which, you know, I personally tend to believe it is only because I've experienced these things firsthand. But just open your minds up if you don't believe it's true. And just think, give them the benefit of the doubt on that. Just think of, of, of how that could take place in today's day and age. Basically, you have prosecutors who are telling your attorneys... If you say what you want them to say to fit their case and to get the target that they're going after, they're going to recommend no jail time. Even if it's true or not true is irrelevant. So the truth gets dropped and their sights now just get set so focused and so intensely on getting somebody and winning their case that ethics go completely out the window. Truth goes completely out the window. So they're basically telling you they're telling this person, and they're telling, and this happens all the time. But what I feel is positive about it happening on this level is maybe the public will get a grasp of what takes place because I know a lot of the times they don't think these things happen, you know. And it's not that they live in fantasy land. I don't know what it is. Maybe they're just naive. Maybe they don't have certain uh, uh, exposures in life. They don't come across these type of things. But this is the reality of what takes place. And I'm not making a a blanket statement. I'm not saying every prosecutor is like this. I'm not saying every FBI agent is like this, every law enforcement. That's not what I'm saying. But my problem is, even if a few are, that's a huge problem in the system and there's no checks and balances. So now if they tried pressuring this guy to say what they wanted him to say and they told him basically change his story, go with the narrative that we're painting, and if you don't, we're going to put you in jail. And if you do, we're going to recommend no jail time. And that's how it always plays out. And that's what people don't see. And that's what the jurors don't see. And I think that's what's so, so frustrating. You know, and I was reading a little bit more about it all. And I was reading into um, Flynn, you know, and I just read one thing that bothered me where he, Flynn had said that if um, he, he didn't really want to take the plea. But according to him, he said the prosecution team threatened to go after his son if he did not sign that plea. Now, I just don't know how these things are even legal and allowed. How can you tell somebody, a defendant, if they don't take a plea, they're forcing you to take a plea or we're going after your son. So if you don't do this, we're going after your son. What father isn't going to do whatever they say? You know, my background, my upbringing... That's not an option. If you could save your son, save your your daughter, save your wife, save your family, you're going to do it. And it's so disturbing to be a a defendant to have to be put in that position. And I'm using these as an example, but this happens all the time. This is the reality. I've seen it firsthand where they'll leverage people, they'll leverage family members. You know, that's just what they do. And it's, it's really unacceptable. And the problem is it... I'm starting to realize, which I don't like, and I'm hoping maybe I'm wrong and it, and it changes, that these things just aren't going to change. And the only way that it can be changed, in my opinion, is to have an intelligent jury. 
and a, a savvy jury and a commonsensical jury who sees these things so they could almost negate all of these actions because I don't know if it could ever be changed on this kind of level. You know, when you have individuals so high up on the chain in government experiencing this firsthand and getting set up and getting forced to take pleas, and again, try to remove the political side of this. Try to take that aspect out of it. I'm just going by the concept here. So I hope you understand the angle I'm trying to hit this at. It's not about, you know, um, an individual here. I'm just going by the concept of what tactics would take took place. So I just would like the listeners to focus on that. I mean, uh, whether you like Trump, you don't like Trump, that's kind of, that's all irrelevant. Whether you like these individuals, you don't, it's irrelevant. Just the tactics here for any any reasonable-minded person should realize that they're just unacceptable. If these things happen in our criminal justice system, it just should not be allowed. It just should not be allowed. And th- th- that's what I don't understand, how these things could take place. And then, you know, people, what amazes me is when you get people who don't understand that they take place with just the regular citizen or somebody on such a you know lower scale as far as being well known, that these things do happen. If, they, if they're targeted, these things play out. And this should just open their eyes a little, that if it can happen on this kind of scale, just think about what happens to the regular person. Now, I'm going to, you know, dive more into this uh, personally because I'm just interested on it, but not uh, for the purpose of the podcast. But what bothers me is... Um, you know, to see these things play out. And what I liked is Flynn has the attorney, Sidney Powell, who, in my opinion, is a phenomenal attorney, and she has uh, several books. One is actually called The License to Lie, and I recommend reading that. It's, um, it's It really goes into everything I kind of talk about on the podcast and all these things that take place and, and, and the, the flaws within the system and the lengths that they'll go to get convictions and to get people to, uh, you know, plea or, or to win a case. The other book she actually just put out and I ordered it. I didn't, um, I didn't read it yet. Uh, it's called Conviction Machine. It's standing up to federal prosecutorial abuse that came out in February. And that says it all. I'm looking forward to reading that, but, um, I, I recommend she wrote that it was Sidney Powell and Harvey Silverglate. And I recommend, you know, I didn't read it yet, but I'm sure it's a, it's a very good book. It's very interesting Along, if you're interested in just seeing what takes place. But, you know, you need more people like that. You really do. You need people who, uh, who, who just look at things fairly and look at the law and look at how it's applied and then look at tactics that are used. And it's funny because I was reading the description on the book and uh, the first thing it says is prosecutors can indict a ham sandwich. And, you know, if you listen to podcasts, you know I've said that several times. And uh, it's not my saying. I've, uh, it's been a saying. And it's the truth. It really is. But what's concerning is, uh, you know, the majority of the public really don't grasp what's going on. And I'm just hoping maybe these recent headlines of these high-profile individuals give them a little pause where somebody would take a step back and just realize if this could take place, you know, who's to stop this from happening? I mean, all this tells me is 
If they want you, they could get you no matter what. I mean, it's just a matter of getting witnesses to lie. And how many people, you know, regardless, regardless how you feel about this person, this guy wouldn't lie. And by not lying, he got three years. And, you know, you may feel a certain way about it, but to me, I respect that. Just the general basis. Somebody who's not going to lie and make up something just to save their own skin, that's integrity. You know, others may see it differently. I don't know how you can, but that's integrity. For you not to lie, to, to ruin somebody's life, that you only want to say the truth, and by doing that, then you suffer, that says a lot about character. This guy could have gave himself a uh, get-out-of-jail-free uh, card just by playing ball with the prosecutor and lying. And the guy wouldn't have had to do a, a day in jail. And as we know, not many people do that. You know, there's uh, informant after informant, as I spoke about in the last episode, who are now, you know, they're trying to be famous on podcasts and ridiculous reality shows and this and that. They're trying to get fame. Not only are they lying to get people convicted and to not to have to do any time in jail, they're parlaying that into a career. And, you know, people for some reason are just not seeing what takes place behind the scenes and how these things play out. And I think a lot of it has to do is because maybe they, they feel they'll never be on that radar. They, they feel they'll never um, have to worry about those, those things. But that's such an ignorant way of thinking when you live in America. Because you got to protect the Constitution regardless of who's being judged. Regardless of who's in front of that system, whoever's sitting in that courtroom. You have to protect the Constitution. And you got to put personal feelings aside. And you should be judged based on the law, not based on tactics, not based on a team of prosecutors who decide to get, you know, uh, witnesses and turn them and, and threaten them. They're threatening them. They're telling them, if you don't do this, we're going after your son now, and we're going to indict your son. Now, imagine the average citizen taking that sign of tactic, that kind of tactic with somebody. If you don't do this, I'm going to. Uh, do something to your kid or I'm going to, you know, do something to somebody you care about. That's a crime. You go to jail for that. Can't do things like that. But yet they're allowed to do it in the name of the law. And there's no repercussions for it. They took a shot. It didn't work. And that's it. End the story. They keep going. But now if this guy, say this guy wanted to go along and play ball, who knows what would have happened? Who knows how things would have played out? But to, to have to live in a, in, a, in a system, to have a system that allows these things and there's no there's no overseeing uh, set of rules or overseeing checks and balances where they'll pick these things apart and investigate them and open them up. you know hopefully something comes out of it. Do I have much faith in it? No, I don't because. I've yet to see it happen. I mean, all, all you hear is, I hear these kind of tactics take place all the time. You know, I'm just discussing it more so now because it's it's in the news. It's all over the place. So it actually, I'm glad in the sense that people are reading about it. People are maybe taking notice and, and understanding that this is a reality. This is what takes place. These are the tactics and these are the type of deals and the type of avenues that they'll travel to get somebody convicted, to get a conviction. You know, if a witness tells the truth and it doesn't line up with the story that they want to have play out in court or the charges, 
They'll try to get the witness to change the truth. And that's a huge problem. Imagine the defense team put witnesses up to lie. You know what would happen to the to every lawyer would get disbarred. If the defense had a witness and they told the witness, uh, you know, to make up a story to save the defendant, everybody would get disbarred. And it's just amazing. I mean, nothing happens. Nothing happened to these prosecutors, to these agents, to, to these individuals who are not playing by the rules because in their mind, and you know that's what they think. In their mind, they think they're doing a greater good. So the, the means, the ends justify the means. And that's not how the law works. They can have that crazy way of thinking in their head, but they shouldn't be able to act on it and not have to deal with the repercussions of it and not have to be accountable. You know, I did a whole episode on accountability, and this ties right into it. I don't know how you could get away with all these things, and there's nothing to be accountable for. You could make all these decisions, try to ruin all these lives, and there's no way of being accountable. You don't have to worry about being accountable. But the same set of rules don't apply for the defense side. If the defense gets caught in doing any of these type of tactics, that's the end of their career. That's the end of their client. That's the end of everything. You know, these things just don't make sense to me on a common sense level. And I really hope listeners, even those who agree or disagree with what I say, just understand that the way I try to evaluate things on what's fair and just going by the justice system. As you know, I have my own point of view on a lot. And I voice it. But when I ask you to analyze the situation, I don't want you to go look at it through my eyes. Just look at it through fair and impartial eyes. That's how you have to look at a situation. Forget about how I view an informant, how I view if somebody you know wants to give up their friends to save their skin. Forget about that. Just look at the logistics of it. If somebody's equally as guilty, or somebody's even more so guilty, and somebody committed a lot of crimes... Why would they be entitled to doing no jail time simply because they're giving up a bigger target? How does that make any sense? How does that sound fair at all? A bigger target, and who's in whose mind that it's a bigger target? Shouldn't the crimes be weighed? So if you killed 10 people, you don't get a pass just because you're going after somebody who may be a tar- bigger target, who's supposedly a higher position in some kind of organization, how does that make any sense logistically? For the general public, it shouldn't make any sense. For the prosecutor and the law enforcement, of course it makes sense because you get the headlines. You know, the lower level guys don't bring the big headlines. It's the high end guys. You know, it's the guys with the big titles, with the elaborate names and all these uh, different tags that they put on them and, and alleged positions. That's who makes the headlines. Not the low-level guys in their in their mind. See, now, the average person would look at it like, well, this person, forget about titles. If this person committed all these murders or this commer- person committed home invasions or did all these low-life things, why should they get a pass? Simply because they're going to point the finger at who the law enforcement deems is a more important person. It just doesn't register. You got to be held accountable. That's just the way it goes. And you can't, and now when you hear these things, it really should make any logical person think, how do I trust any of these witnesses? It should cast doubt because if they're telling people, say what we want you to say, and you'll get a better deal, you'll get no jail time, how can you trust any words out of somebody's mouth? Isn't it only common sense where the more information they give you to get their target, the better the deal you're going to get? 
Doesn't that equate? And I spoke about this many times. I know they try to do the whole nonsense of, uh, we don't guarantee the witness any less jail time. They still have to go in front of a judge. Come on now. Really, it's it's absurd to even say that. We all know how it works. I spoke about the letter that the government gives. The government gives the letter on the informant's behalf. The judge reads the letter. The judge is going to take that all into account, and they're going to give them a phenomenal sentence. They're going to reduce it dramatically. That's just facts. That's just how it's going to go. So to act like they're not going to get anything is absurd. And nowadays, like I was talking about, you get podcasts after it. You get fame. I was reading one of the comments uh, on these ridiculous, moronic podcasts. With you want to talk about imbeciles? But one of the one of the comments was, "Yeah, we're going to be coming out with merchandise." So you have all informants now coming out with merchandise. What kind of merchandise are they possibly going to sell that people are going to buy? But you know the twisted part: people are going to buy it. So people are going to be walking around with this informant <laughs> merchandise like like absolute morons in plain English. I hate to say it, but like absolute morons. And I really don't hate to say it, but I, I try to I try to keep it a certain way. But I'm going to break that once in a while. And right there, I broke it. You're an absolute moron if you're buying this kind of merchandise and supporting this. You're talking about informants who are now trying to make a payday on the public because you get this naive public for some reason thinks... What's coming out of their mouth is gospel. When it's lies, you have to understand something. It's lies. All you're doing is listening to, to storytellers. So if that's the case, go go buy Harry Potter. Go read that. Go read some kind of fantasy novel. Read that because that's all you're hearing. It's like story time. It's like when we were kids in kindergarten. We all sit around the teacher and the teacher would tell stories and we had story time. That's all that's happening. It's nonsense story time for adults who are, who are enamored with the BS that these guys put out. Absolute BS. And and how are they able to do the, put this nonsense together? Because of what I talked about earlier. You have prosecutors who give them a free pass, who will cut them loose, who give them no jail time, as long as they serve up their targets. So now these guys could went around, committed all these crimes, you know, when things were good, they were the toughest, they were crazy, they were all the, all the nonsense... As soon as they got jammed up, they did whatever they needed to do to save their skin and now create a whole career for themselves with merchandising. I mean, the good aspect of it, this is gold for defense teams. I mean, these comments are gold. These podcasts are gold because all that's going to do is help the defendants because you're going to really pull back the curtain and show the jury what really takes place. You know, I only wish these things came out months earlier because honestly I would have used a lot of this on my father's case because I would have just shown I couldn't have shown I'm not the attorney but I would at least given it to the attorneys to have them show how these things parlay you know played snippets of these podcasts I mean not to say in the appeal that these things aren't going to come up but it would be nice to use it then and there because you could tell these juries you know they just uh they don't buy into it sometimes. They don't see past the propped up individual on the witness stand who has a nice suit on, who is trying to talk properly, who's trying to come off, come across um, where they feel sorrow, where they feel regret, where they're remorseful. You know, they can't see past that. They, they believe it. 
they don't then realize when these guys get home, you know, the, the nonsense suit comes off, the the heavy fake accent comes on, you know, where they really put it on to sound like they're tough and crazy, and then they tell all their crazy stories. They don't realize what takes place when all that, when they, you know, when the cameras are off, so to speak, when they're not doing a performance, which they were prepared for by prosecutors and by law enforcement. So if you could give them a little insight in that, it's going to raise some eyebrows. And what's going on now should really raise eyebrows. What's going on publicly? I mean, where it's coming out little by little what the feds apparently did, you know, certain FBI agents did to um, get, and these prosecutors, which is even more disturbing because I think actually that bothers me more than the, than the law enforcement. When you have law enforcement who may be a little overzealous, I don't know, you know, that's almost expected sometimes. But when you have a prosecutor who's supposed to be somebody who comes out of law school, who's supposed to go by the law, and they're not, and they come out with a vendetta, and they come out with, with such a, a biased way of operating when they're only supposed to be doing their job, I think that's what's really disturbing. I think that's what bothers me most. Because you would think that at the very least, they're going to be professional. They're going to do their job. And like I always say, if somebody's guilty, they're guilty. The facts will tell the tale. The trial will play out. The person will be guilty. That's just the way it goes. That's the system. People are guilty. That's life. There's a lot of low lives out here. That's the world we live in. I mean, I read things all the time with, you know, people are degenerates. And to me, they when I read some of these crimes, especially when it involves children, they deserve a lot more than jail time. That's that's minimum. But my, my point is, if you're going to be a prosecutor, just do it properly. That's all. I don't think there's anything wrong in asking that. Don't force people to, to become witnesses. Don't ask them to lie. Don't threaten them that you're going to go and prosecute their kids if they don't cooperate. How is that justified? What could possibly justify that? It just goes to show they get tunnel vision, you know, they, they get their target and they don't want to lose. It's almost like a competitive nature and it shouldn't be a, a matter of winning and losing when you're dealing with somebody's life. That's not what it's about. On both sides, it should be about the truth. I mean, even if you're a prosecutor, if somebody's innocent, why would you want to put them away? If the evidence leads to somebody being innocent, wouldn't you have a conscience and realize, well, I'm prosecuting the wrong person. It's not so much about you getting a win. Wouldn't something click inside you that says, I'm going down the wrong path here. All this evidence does not lead to this defendant. I think law enforcement made the wrong arrest and we, you know, this is incorrect. And I'm not saying you just throw your hands up. I mean, morally, you should, but okay, say you don't want to throw your hands up and just say we got it wrong. Don't force the facts then. Just let it play out. Let the jury see the facts then. Don't twist them. Don't force them. Don't paint them a different way. Just let them play out and let the innocent person walk free if they're innocent. But to force a conviction based on some kind of bias and some kind of agenda and some kind of vendetta... I don't know how there's room for that in the justice system. And, and these judges that allow it, shame on them to allow these things to play out. Judges are very smart individuals. I mean, the amount of schooling, the amount of book smart you need, the, the amount of uh, the ability to read people, they're very intelligent people. So they know what's going on in their courtroom. And I believe if they allow it to play out, 
or they don't is a character trait. It's whether or not they want it to go a certain way. So if you see rulings going a certain way and you see things happening, it's not because, you know, if if it's so one-sided and so blatant, unfortunately it shows what's really at play and it shows that you're not dealing with a fair judge. And that's the problem, you know, when you get individuals who aren't dealing with a fair system, how do they have a shot? They don't. You know, if you, if you get wrapped up and you have prosecutors such as this one that I read about where they're forcing people to take pleas or, you know, they're, they're trying to threaten people and they're trying to twist people into saying things that are inaccurate and change accounts and change stories. And then if you have a judge on top of it who's backing that up, how do you win a case like that? You can't. It's impossible. You know, and it all goes into one big ball and then it all rolls into people taking pleas even though they're innocent because when people see these things playing out, they can almost see the writing on the wall. And that's what's scary about this whole system, how once you get sucked in, if you happen to pull the short stick, and what I mean by that is you happen to pull the stick where you're not going to get a fair prosecution team, you're not going to get a fair judge, there's no way you're going to win. The only shot you have is what I'm trying to do here is build the level of jurors to whereas they could pull back certain things and they could see through the sheet, you know, and they could understand what's really taking place. Even though it may not be playing out in the courtroom, they could grasp tactics and they could grasp what possibly may have happened. And as long as they have that basis, you have a shot. Because you'll have a juror who doesn't believe every single word that comes out of the prosecution's team. Or every single word that comes out of this alleged witness that's on the stand supposedly telling the truth. You know, it all goes back to what I spoke about. Where you have to weigh credibility, weigh the individual, weigh what they have to gain. And now that we know that they're building careers, these informants are building careers. I mean, that should be a huge factor. That should be, honestly, one of the requirements. If you're going to make a deal... You're not allowed to benefit any way, shape, or form out of what you say. Then maybe that'll add some legitimacy if you know somebody has no agenda. Maybe it'll add some legitimacy to these witnesses. But right now, when I see all that they're doing and all this nonsense taking place, they could tell me the sky's blue on a beautiful sunny day, and I won't believe it. I just won't believe it. You know, it's almost like that saying, if their if their lips, how do you know they're telling, how do you know they're lying? Because their lips are moving. And that's really how it is. And I, the public should just understand all these things. And they should be concerned that if these kind of tactics and techniques could play out on the highest level, where does that leave the average citizen? You know, where does that leave us if we get swept into the system? I know where it leaves off. I've experienced it with clients. I've experienced it with my father. I know where things are left. When the odds are against you and they're going to they're gonna do whatever they can to get you, the result is not going to be good. And if the jury's blind, like the jury we had, where they're just blind and they don't even understand the charge and they don't understand how to weigh it because the charge was so extensive that they just assume it's guilty without really understanding it, and they throw all these crazy rules, Pinkerton, and if if a crime's reasonably foreseeable, that's all a recipe for a conviction. That's all that is. 
And unfortunately, when you have all those things against you, when you have, you know, a, a prosecution team, like I said earlier, if you have a judge, if you have all these things against you, the odds of coming out victorious are not good. And hopefully, you know, I mean, I got to say, the show is growing very nicely, and I thank all the lit listeners. I guess the last episode was popular because after that, it really started growing. We broke a 1,000 listeners. So I feel good about that in the sense that at least, you know, people, are, if they're understanding what I'm saying, maybe they like what I'm saying, maybe they don't like what I'm saying, but they're describing, I don't know. But either way, it's good in the sense that I believe people understand what I'm trying to accomplish here. And I'm not trying to get on a soapbox and I'm not using this for what people would normally use a podcast for. I'm just trying to educate and open up the minds of the listeners. And I will voice my opinion. You could agree with it. You could not agree with it. It is what it is. But I, I think to have a little bit of an expansion on how normally the public deals with things and weighs things and analyzes things could only help defendants and could only help the system. You know, and the prosecutors out there, I'm sure they would appreciate the good ones, the ones who go by the law. I'm sure they appreciate people wanting to go by the law and not looking to invent tactics. You know, a, a solid prosecutor and a solid attorney, they try to follow the rules. They follow the rules of engagement. They don't need to be advised on it. But the ones who look to bend the rules and break the rules, that's where I have a problem. And that's what my whole podcast really circulates around. It's when... What's written in the textbooks don't play out in the courtroom. That's when it's a big problem. Well, that's it for today. And again, I thank all the listeners. Uh, I'm actually amazed that we broke a thousand. I'm uh, I'm excited about that. And uh, everybody, stay safe. Oh, and one thing I I wanted to uh, add: if you have any questions or there's something you'd like to hear about. Or you just want to uh, maybe you know discuss a case you experienced? Uh, set up an email. It's podcast at justicetechpros.com. So you could just send an email there for, like I said, any questions or something you want to voice or an idea you have. Again, that's podcast at justicetechpros.com. Everybody, stay safe, and until next time, thank you.